This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. I'm your host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, CEO and founder of Brightly, the number one destination for conscious consumers around the world. At Good Together, we value the planet over perfection and believe that you can make positive things happen for the planet every day by being a conscious consumer and an informed citizen. Listen in as I chat with various experts about living and consuming responsibly. listeners, I am so excited to welcome Jordan Clark to the podcast today. Jordan is the founder of Dewey's, and she's another Seattle-based female founder making some waves in sustainability. So I, you know, she and I got a chance to meet up in person a few weeks ago. Um, I got a chance to see and try her shoes, and they're awesome. So I, I just thought it'd be a really fun conversation for us to have, especially because this industry, um, while we feature a ton of female founders in, in the sustainability industry on our podcast, there's actually not a lot. Like if you're just a listener of the podcast, you might think there's a lot because we, we, we do we do so much work in that space, but there's not. So let, let's get into it, Jordan. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks. Yeah. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Laura. So before we dive in, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and kind of just give us a general background about, you know, kind of what you what you started on and then what led you to found Dewey's. Yeah. Um, so I'm Jordan, the founder of Dewey's. Um, my background is actually in startups and management consulting. Um, but in 2017, I moved to Amsterdam and that's where I began working from home. Um, and while I was there, I tried, you know, to build good habits namely not sitting all day. Um, but I grew tired of having to choose between wearing ugly, unsupportive slippers or outdoor sneakers to be comfortable on my feet at home. Yep. Um, you know, I was just wanting something that was stylish and supportive, but still cozy like a traditional slipper. So I did what anybody would do. I went online. I went to like my local boutiques. I was just trying to find something that had cool style and actual foot support. And I couldn't find anything out there, so I decided to create it, and that's that's where Dewey's was born. That's amazing. Um, I think you know, talking to people who start companies based on personal pain points is always super interesting because it's not like you just heard about a problem and went to go solve it. You were like, "No, my slippers are not comfy at home." Right? <laughs> exactly. And you know, through my own personal need, I of course then you know sent out surveys. I talked to as many, you know, women in my network and, and I realized they were having the same problem. So it's like, just because it's a, your own personal pain doesn't mean that other people aren't going through the exact same thing. Yeah. I love, I love you, um, you know, for, for doing that. Right. I mean, it's such a, it's such a really cool, creative way to understand, okay, I'm having a problem. Is everybody else having a problem? Like, this is how you actually build like a sustainable business. Um, but I think what's super interesting to kind of hone in here is, is talking about the shoe industry. Um, I think traditionally on this podcast, we talked a lot about like fashion, specifically apparel, um, but shoes are something are, that I know a lot about of, uh, of too. I actually was in the shoe business when I was at Amazon Fashion. My whole job was to sell 
as many poorly made shoes and handbags as I possibly could. They weren't always poorly made, but they were fast fashion. They were, you know, shoes designed to be worn, you know, not forever. Um, And as we started to look into the statistics for this podcast, I mean, the shoe industry itself is just not very sustainable. I mean, we found a few statistics, but each year, more than 20 billion with a B pairs of shoes are produced around the world, which is just staggering. Um, And actually, according to a study um, by a firm called Qantas, um, they're saying the the footwear industry is actually responsible for 1.4% of global greenhouse gas emissions. So, uh, you know, Typically, shoe manufacturing can require the burning of fossil fuels and just there's just a lot of stuff that goes into it. And, um, you know, one thing that I thought was interesting about your approach, Jordan, is you've chosen to focus a lot on materials. So tell me a little bit about like I will we'll talk. We'll go really deep into leather. But t- let's start off with like talking about like all the components of a shoe um, and, and why most of those components aren't sustainable. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, there's so many problems with the fashion industry, you know, specifically fast fashion and producing, you know, large quantities of shoes that end up in a landfill made from, you know, low quality materials, things like that. So um, really my focus has been around using sustainable materials. And for me, that's plant-based and recycled materials. It's not using, you know, animal products, anything like that. It's using uh, materials that are either grown from the earth or somehow, you know, recycled and upcycled into a new um, material. So um, like our, our shoes are made from, you know, what, if you look at them, you might be like, oh, that's, you know, looks like real leather. And it looks like a regular, you know, rubber or EVA sole. But what we've chosen to do is we use um, leather made from apples, our soles, we have two different soles, depending on our styles, we have one that's made from um, it's a sugarcane EVA. So instead of traditional EVA that you'd find in like your favorite pair of sneakers, um, our EVA actually replaces uh, 50% of the petroleum-based material with sh- raw sugarcane, which is wow. so cool. Yeah. Um, and then our other soles, instead of just being made from rubber, which rubber is good, it's still you know a natural material, but we've chosen to use recycled rubber. So take it a step further and say, okay, let's take rubber that either like otherwise would have been waste and let's... Um, recycle that into, you know, a new beautiful soul. That's awesome. And, you know, I feel like, you know, for most of us, right, when we're when we're buying shoes, we're not thinking about what goes into the construction of them. But I mean, you know, continuing with my statistics uh, run, which because again, I'm just staggered by these numbers. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, more than 20 billion pairs of shoes are produced around the world every year. But on the other hand, over 300 million pairs of those same shoes are thrown away uh, every year. And it can actually take thousands of years for some of these materials to decompose. So taking stuff like EVA and getting it to be made out of sugarcane and all of these things are super, super important. Um, and I, I think it's just a really interesting perspective. And so let's talk a little bit about leather um, because leather is super common in the shoe industry. Like roughly a third of, of most shoes sold have some kind of leather in them. And we all know for a lot of reasons why leather can be problematic. Um, you know, whether we're talking about um, the animal cruelty or just the the just toxic chemicals generated. Like, tell me a little bit about like you know your process for understanding the impact of the leather. You know, as you were trying to think about your shoe construction, and then like, how did you go about sourcing a really good alternative? Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know. Yeah. So. 
I mean, when I first started out, I didn't, you know, I didn't have experience in the fashion industry. So this was all new to me. So it was a lot of research and learning. And what I learned was, you know, the fashion industry itself is responsible for up to 10% of annual global carbon emissions, which is huge. But then you look at the meat industry and it's responsible for up to 14.5% of world's carbon emissions. So pair those two together, I was like, I can't just follow in the footsteps of most of these big fashion brands. I need to do things differently. So for me, understanding, like you said, that the leather industry, you know, not only is um, harmful to animals, but also contributes to high levels of deforestation and water pollution, you know, it has toxic chemicals through the, the tanning process and everything like that. Just learning that leather is really not a byproduct of the meat industry. It's truly a co-product. Um, it was just a big red, red flag for me that I knew that I wanted our house shoes to only be made from plant-based and recycled materials. Yeah. I and I actually, like, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you really quick and I rarely yeah. interrupt people up, but it's because this is just so important for the audience to understand. Um, so we're going to just get right into it. So the, and, <laughs> I'm just going to repeat what you said. Everybody listen. Sure. Leather is not a byproduct of the the food industry. It is a co-product, meaning like we, I think, have this like happy path in our head of if you consume meats, you think about the entire animal being utilized. And one of the pieces of the animal that is not, you know, used for food is leather, which therefore goes into, um, you know, our show. Now it's, um, we're not, I'm not, we're not saying this doesn't happen, you know, completely. Of course there are cultures that, that still do this, but by and large, the leather that is going into the manufacture of consumer goods is created specifically for that purpose and is not a byproduct. So um, I, I think that's really, really important to, to understand. And I love that you brought that up, Jordan. Yeah, definitely. It's it's such an important issue for people to realize. And even just the fact, if you think about, even if it is coming from the meat industry, like Americans consume, I believe it's like, three times more meat than any other country in the world. So it's oh my just gosh, like, yeah. even, even with that outlook, it's like, there's just too much of it. And it's, it's not, um, it does not have a positive impact on the earth. So we need no. to avoid um, supporting industries like that. Absolutely. Well, like I said, I, I apologize for interrupting you. So l- let's continue down. Okay. So you didn't know, um, you know, much about the the materials to start with. You started learning, you started to like have your eyes open, like, wow, this is actually, you know, something that I didn't know was going on. So then you start to think about, okay, how do I find a suitable alternative? So take us, continue us down that path. Yeah. So this is really where like having no experience in the fashion industry was truly a benefit for me because I started from scratch. I wasn't like, all right, here's the normal materials that I would use or I've seen use. I started looking at like, well, what are other industries using that are, you know, innovative and and pushing the envelope in terms of sustainable materials, whether that's, you know, clothing brands or furniture or even the automotive industry. Um, And so through that, I just, I spent a year and a half designing and sourcing for, for our house shoes. So, you know, I would find an article on some new innovative material, for instance, like, our um, basically our material that looks like a suede. It's actually made from recycled polyester. And I read an article about a uh, car brand 
a car company that was using that for their seats. And so I just hunted down what what company made it. And then I found someone on LinkedIn that connected me with another person that connected me with another person. And then I got the right contact to reach out to, to, to purchase and well, first purchase samples and then to test the material and then ended up going with it. But it was that kind of like connecting the dots and just hunting down each and every one of these um, sustainable materials that that led to the what our house shoes are today. So a lot of time, energy and research, but all all worth it and something I'm I'm really proud of. Absolutely. And for those of you who on the podcast or who are listening to the podcast who haven't um, you know, developed a product yourself, it can be really, really time intensive and so discouraging because you can get taken down paths that, you know, <laughs> don't actually lead you where you want to go. And I, I find it really, really fascinating that it you took that long to create what you found to be a really, really good product. Um, and so talking about like longevity, like tell us a little bit about this Apple leather, like what, you know, how is it created? How do you ensure that it's going to help somebody, you know, have a shoe that lasts a long time? Because one thing that we we often hear, and it is true in some instances, that leather, as problematic as it may be, does typically seem to last for a long time if it's kept up. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's what's great about our apple leather is it's super durable. Um, so basically how it's made is um, what's awesome is it's, it takes waste from the apple juice industry. So basically... Normally, when you're making apple juice, you throw they throw away the cores and the skins of the apples. That's that's waste. But instead, here they collect those, they grind those down into a powder, and they can repurpose them by combining them with other materials. Yes, polyurethane is one of those, but they can blend it with things like cotton, polyurethane, and a little bit of polyester, and they can make that into a beautiful, durable um, leather alternative. So if you looked at our house shoes, like you would think they're made from like a beautiful, very smooth looking leather, but it actually all comes from apples, which is just so cool. And in terms of durability, like, I mean, we're a new brand, so we haven't been around for years, but I can tell you my very first prototypes, um, of our house loafers from February of 2020. Um, so well over two years old, I'm still wearing those in my house today. Like there is no, like, yeah, there's a little crease on them, but that's normal with like shoe wearing. Um, But, but there is no like scuffs or scrapes. Like the leather still looks so, I should say the apple leather, just to be really clear here, still looks so beautiful and really holds up. So it's just these, these innovative plant-based and recycled materials, I feel like have gotten a bad rap over the years. People like before they see it, they think like, oh, well, that shoe's just going to fall apart because it's just like, it's bio-based, therefore it must just crumble. And that's not true. Um, and so I think through experiencing, you know, uh, our brand as well as other brands that are that are really um, making it a point to use these plant-based materials, people are starting to see like, wow, this this is the future. This is what every brand should be using. Absolutely. I mean, we have come so far from a manufacturing perspective in terms of what we can do with raw materials that you would be blown away to see like for instance, yes, the the dewy shoes like they literally look like they're made out of quote unquote real leather. Like what is real leather? <laughs> Truly, like <laughs> animal leather, right? Um, they're made out of apple leather. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say is like, wh- I think it's easy for people when they hear a term like apple leather, or there's another alternative made out of pineapples called Pinatex. There's so many different versions of fruit based leathers. Um, 
I think we all just like have this mental image of, I don't know, someone smashing an apple and then like drying it out, kind of like those fruit roll-up things and making a shoe out of it. And that's just not what's happening. Like there is a very complex process that is happening behind the scenes to make that, you know, food waste into a a real alternative to animal-based leather. And the other thing I was going to mention too is, you know, we've all had experience with leather alternatives, right? Like pleather, please. Like if you grew up in the 90s, like Jordan and I did, like, come on now. Like we all had pleather head to toe um, back when that was a fashion statement. But I mean, regardless, most of us have a few items in our closet that are made of, um, you know, quote unquote fake leather. And that is made typically of of plastics, lots of petroleum-based byproducts. And it's just, that's that's problematic as well. So um, Jordan, tell me a little bit about, I'm curious because I actually, I don't know, I don't know the answer. Like I want to know what happens to plant-based leather, like an apple leather, um, like what's the end of life? Like, does it compose better or or, sorry, compost uh, better or what? Tell me about that. Yeah. So this is where it's not perfect. Yeah. We're, I'm really hoping that we're going to get there. Even the suppliers that I'm working with today and continuing to have conversations with other suppliers, they're working towards like increasing the, the percent of bio-based material to, you know, achieve that form of like being able to biodegrade or, you know, like my goal personally with my brand right now is to be more circular. Um, So right now it's really about, building a durable product that's going to last so that these house shoes are going to last women for years and years to come. Um, we haven't quite cracked the nut on circularity, but I really hope for our brand, we can, you know, create some sort of like recycling program where people can send their shoes back to us and we can break down the shoe and then um, figure out how to reuse these materials in future shoes. But in terms of like the apple leather itself, it's not biodegradable yet, which leads to it being more durable right now but also makes it not perfect because it does have polyurethane and plastic in it that, that prevents it from, you know, being that perfect, you know, full circle material. So I'd I'd say we still have a long ways to go, but, but we're already leaps ahead of where, you know, like what you said, where we were in the nineties and even early two thousands, it's these plant-based materials are so much better, but, but not perfect yet. Oh yeah. And I mean, we talk so much, um, you know, at Brightly and on this podcast about, you know, progress over perfection, planet over perfection, like, you know, even just in the sustainability world, there's so many, you know, choices to be made about, you know, is, is this more ethical than this? And, you know, there's a ton of green, I call it green area. It's gray area, but you know, there's a lot of confusion. And at, at the end of the day, there's oftentimes not a perfect answer. It's very, very rare that there is one. And so just thinking about, you know, reusing uh, products as they get sent back to you from from the manufacturing perspective is really interesting because, yeah, everything is not going to to compost um, as much as we we would like it to, right? That's just like not, you know, unfortunately, it's not something that's available right this second. But I'm glad to hear that your suppliers are, are thinking about this, right? Definitely. And I think to that point, it's, it's, you know, we've come so far in terms of the manufacturing side of things. So I am really proud, you know, of how these materials are made, you know, from, from earth, from plant, um, they're made from plants, but it's, it's the end of life part that hasn't been figured out. So, so hopefully more, more to come there in, um, in the next few years. Uh, but I think it is, 
yeah, leaps and bounds of, of where we've been in the past. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about, um, so we talked about the leather piece. You, we did talk a little bit about that sugarcane sole. What are some other interesting, I mean, we, we looked at, you know, we did the research on, on your shoes and we looked on the website and like, I mean, so listeners just, you know, Jordan's talked about a few of these, but I, I don't know if you mentioned the recycled bottle lining, um, the coconut husk footbed, like, you know, tell me a little bit about those two things. That's fascinating. Yeah. So we have, we have three styles, our house lovers, our house mules and our house sandals. So each of those kind of have a different combination of, of the sustainable materials. We, you know, we make it specific for what that fit and feel should be per style. So, um, but one material that's like throughout our shoes is cork, which we make our shoes at a small factory in Portugal, um, which is a country known for making high quality footwear. Um, But cork is a native tree to Portugal. So I love it because it's kind of like my nod to like, thank you, Portugal, for making these beautiful shoes. But also it's a plant-based material. So that's something we're super proud of. Um, you mentioned the recycled plastic lining. Um, that's something that we use in both both our loafers and our mules. And yeah, it's made from recycled plastic bottles. So super cool, again, of what, what these suppliers can do in terms of, you know, breaking down what otherwise would have been waste and repurposing it into a cozy um, inner lining for our shoes. And then our sandals, we've decided to go with organic cotton because, again, another plant-based uh, material and it's nice and light and breathable. So it's perfect for like, you know, summer wear. Um, so those are two materials in particular um, that I love, but you mentioned the the coconut husk footbed um, that we have in our mules is, I mean, I'm amazed. Not only is it made from coconut husk, but it molds to your foot. So for an insole, it has cork lining on the top, but then underneath what you can't see is the coconut husk. And literally as you wear it, your foot is molding to that footbed. So it just, it's amazing what these innovative materials can do in terms of both good for the earth, but also just the comfort of your foot. Absolutely. Well, I, I think it's really interesting to understand, you know, some of these materials and, and sort of how they're different from traditional shoe materials is it, super interesting. So Jordan, from from where you sit, you know, having gone through this, you know, gauntlet yourself to try and create a better shoe, how do you think that the shoe industry can actually be better on a whole? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just choosing sustainable materials, even if your customers aren't asking for it. Like, to me, that's the biggest thing right now is like, even if someone's like someone might be coming to Dewey's and they're buying because they're stylish and you know supportive slippers and maybe they're not thinking about sustainability but it's my job for them to say yes these meet my you know what i'm looking for in terms of style and comfort and you know bonus they're made from earth-friendly materials i just believe that's like our job as brands to make things that are environmentally friendly and have that be at like the forefront of our decision making even if the majority aren't you know demanding it yet Absolutely. The other thing too is, you know, I I do feel like we we've also all heard a lot about uh, fashion companies, fashion shoes, apparel, etc. Like not disposing of extra quantities of inventory responsibly, like people burning them, or I mean, sorry, companies burning them, and all sorts of like really unscrupulous ways to get rid of excess inventory. So one question I had for you is like, how do you balance the need to 
have enough assortment in terms of size and color without you know, generating too much extra so that you end up not being able to sell. Like, and this is a hard thing that like pretty much every business owner goes through. So I'm curious to know like what your approach is. You're probably like laughing, like, oh God, it's a huge thorn in my side. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it is, but my belief is just to produce in small batches, which again goes back to your last question about like what brands can do. You can produce in small batches. You don't have to like produce these super high quantities that if it, if people don't like it, then yeah, it, they're sending it somewhere else in the world to be burned, which is just terrible. You can test things. So like we're a small business. We try to be like agile and flexible. So we'll come out with a new color and we'll say, you know, we made 200 of these. Does, you know, how does, how do 200 people respond to these? And if, if they love them, then great. We'll go back and we'll make more. But if they don't, then it's something that we can sell over time as, you know, maybe not everybody's loving it, but over time, there are people that that color speaks to or that style speaks to. So I think it's about um, just testing, doing things in small batches, you know, being close to, you know, having close relationships with your customers to get that, that, you know, um, real time feedback. Um, And yeah, I think, I think that's really how it should be done from small brands all the way up to these, you know, massive corporations. Yeah, I I love that approach. And, you know, also like pre-orders and getting people to, you know, demonstrate demand before stuff is actually, uh, you know, coming out and and having to be produced. So there are a lot of really creative ways that I feel like the industry and of course, not just the shoe industry, but in general, um, can really just create a better system for us to consume <laughs> consume these different items. Um so Jordan, I this is kind of unrelated, but when you and I were chatting um when we met in person a few weeks ago, you were talking about how you had moved to Amsterdam. Um and I'm I'm curious to know like, you know, when you were in Amsterdam for a little bit, like did you see any like huge eco lifestyle differences? between the United States and the Netherlands? Because I've heard there are some, but I was curious to know what it felt like from from somebody who was living there. Yeah. Well, first off, people are biking everywhere. Just that in itself is like less cars, more bikes on the road. Um, It's a much more environmentally friendly lifestyle. Um, In addition to just people, I feel like, are walking everywhere and using public transportation. So just that in itself was kind of my first reaction to to moving to Amsterdam but also you think about like how I always when someone said the Netherlands or you know you Holland you think of windmills like they've been using wind-powered energy for so long um so it's things like that that they just have ingrained into their culture that um is is yeah just more environmentally conscious as well as I would say like my personal relationships in meeting people over there I met a lot more not not everybody was vegan but a lot more people um living like a plant-based lifestyle um and it really encouraged me and it came at such a great time and when I was starting this brand that that it really influenced me and how I start how I was eating at the time and brands that I was beginning to like purchase from and you know read their story and what how their products are made so it really had an impact on me in, in that way and then also just people shop locally you know if they needed something they would walk out their door and walk walk the few blocks or maybe you know 10 minute walk to that to that boutique or that shop that they needed to get something from that kind of was my um 
my reaction to to how people lived over there and, and just a more positive environmentally conscious lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, this all makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, and I was just kind of reflecting back on what we were talking about then. I was like, hey, I would love to ask you a little bit more about that. So that's awesome. So uh, Jordan, we're kind of coming up to um, the end of the episode. And what we typically like to do a good together is ask all of our guests the same question, um, because I'm always fascinated to hear the, the variety of answers. So, so that question is basically, from your personal point of view, whether it is just an individual or a brand founder or however you want to take this, um, what is exciting you the most about the ethical and sustainable lifestyle movement right now? Yeah, I love seeing people shift um, to not just seeing a product, liking it and buying it, but learning more about the story of that product and, and what it's made of and who made it and all that, I think people are starting to realize that there's so much power in how they spend their money, especially when it comes to supporting small businesses. So that's what's super exciting to me right now. You know, you know, when I meet people, whether it's our product or someone else's where they're like, you know, you compliment them, oh, I, you know, like your earrings. And they're like, oh, this is, you know, this is the brand. They're made in this country. Um, This is what, you know, this is what they're made of. It's just, that's what excites me is people just being so much more conscious and excited about the products and people that they're purchasing from. Absolutely. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so listeners, if you're interested in checking out uh, Jordan's company, Dewey's, it's at Dewey's.com, D-O-O-E-Y-S.com. Um, we also will include links, et cetera, in our show notes, which you can find at brightly.eco. Um, super, super excited to hear your feedback on this episode and let us know what you think. Um, so I, I'm really, really, um, excited to, you know, hear more and see more from you, Jordan. I mean, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was, this was so fun. Thanks, Laura. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And as a special thank you to our listeners, use code GOODTOGETHER to get 10% off all products in Brightly's brand new shop full of planet positive swaps for your home. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social, where I know you can find us at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.